0: Welcome back to the show. All right, we're going to go back to the beginning. This is going to be one of those episodes where I am just going to share with you. I have recently been on, I would say in the last year, I have been a guest on over 130 podcasts. Considering we release three a week on this show and we are over 106 episodes on Everybody Holds a Story, that's an awful lot of talking. And I had the most beautiful conversation on a podcast just recently, and she's gone down a deep dive of my episodes. And she said, I was really looking for the beginning story. Like, where's the beginning story? And I can't do that in one episode, but I can do pieces of it. And she's like, what was the catalyst for your show? I want to know. And I tried to go back, but there's 600 episodes, so I don't know where it is. And we just had an incredible conversation, and it reminded me, just like on social media sometimes where you actually stop and do a reintroduction, I feel like this is an important part of this show, the work that I do, and the purpose that I feel I am here for. So if this is your first time, welcome to Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. It is. If you are a regular listener, then thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here and for continuing to share this work because it means the absolute world to me. So there's a backstory, right? We all have a backstory. This podcast, it started um, back in 2017. So I wanna back it up a little bit more before that. In 2014, I started Facebook Lives in my car. Literally in my car after hot yoga, dark, no ring lights. like I mean, absolute mess. Um. And I did that on purpose. I did it on purpose because at that time, social media seemed very, very curated. And to show up like in a professional way that I had my shit all together and everything was perfect in my life just felt so weird and wrong. I mean, at the core, lack of integrity is just a key thing for me. And that feels like it just felt wrong, like a major disconnect. I couldn't possibly show up when my life was blowing up. So at that point in time we were very deep in dealing with teen substance abuse both of our boys um fighting the schools fighting the police in this space of no idea what was going to happen we moved um downsized our house you know almost just trying to keep our jobs trying to keep our sanity not sleeping not resting and feeling beyond isolated beyond And a counselor had said to me, you know, why don't you look online and see if there's any Facebook groups? And at that point, we had received so much open criticism and so much um, opinions and judgments, family. I mean, our story scared the crap out of everyone. There's just no way to say it. That's the only way I can say it. And so it scared everyone. So we were in this space of being incredibly isolated and alone. And when I looked on a Facebook group, I found a group for moms dealing with teen substance abuse, and it was over 100,000 members. So this is back in 2014. And I remember looking at it and going, what? How is what? How is there a, like 100,000 moms? I don't even understand that. Yet yeah, nobody was talking about it. And there was also this conception that that was the story that happened to people who didn't look like me, that they, you know, they had different things going on in their life. Um, There is this stereotype that this is a problem that only happens with certain families, um, certain socioeconomic status, you know, God, you just like, think of all the stereotypes you attach to addiction, substance abuse, mental health which is absolutely freaking ridiculous because everyone I talk to, it's no longer six degrees of separation. It's one. It's like one. It's like, no, that's my spouse, my son, my, my parents, my, like it, my sister, it's everywhere. And so there was this, this image of what it looked like. So when I saw a hundred thousand moms, it was such a moment of like, wow, like this is obviously not just me and then i felt like there this we need to talk about this somehow and that's when a counselor said to me like i said i can't find anyone talking about it it's it's crazy and she said maybe that's cuz you're supposed to and i remember thinking that's that's crazy and what what if it's true what if i could do something with this and I mean, I was a little kid in, I think I was probably 10 or 11 years old when I wanted to do a public speaking contest. And my parents were like, no, you can't because it's too scary to be on stage. See, this is a this is a reminder that it's very easy to buy the beliefs of others and adopt them as our own. And I was, again, a kid. And I'm like, but I want to. I don't think it's scary. And they tried so hard to convince me not to. And I was like, I I want to. And so I did. And I won that region and I moved on. And I found myself in the space of being an advocate, using my voice, sharing, like just being able to be in that space all through high school, like very much open, very much a like involved in school, speaking, all these pieces. And so it wasn't something I was afraid of with using my voice, but adding this part of the story to it wasn't easy. So that's where the Facebook live started in my car. And I just desperately wanted to change. It led to some very small, small talks. Like I'm talking really small talks. We ended up with a couple of um, connections at the school. They had us talking to other parents and they, I, I mean, I commend the school for that because they were like, we don't know what to say and we don't have any advice. And would you be open to it? And we're like, yeah, sure. So we both did. And we went in and spoke to parents, and I remember that very first talk. I think there was two sets of parents sitting in that room. I had this feeling, this knowing, this intuitive hit that this is going to be something. Like this is not an accident, a coincidence that we're in this space right now. And so it slowly started started to grow. Mm. Smaller groups, smaller parent groups, parent support groups, then smaller stages, then bigger stages. Collaborative books. And I mean, I remember probably one of my bigger first talks, it might be like 2015, and being on a stage and we had a like a projector behind us, projector screen. And I had my talk all planned. It had to be 10 minutes and there might've been 400 people in the, in the crowd. It was like, I was nervous, very nervous. So I had a podium. I had my talk there. I knew what I was going to say, but if you're ever doing a vulnerable talk, you can memorize it all you want, but it doesn't take like one thing to throw you off your game. And I turned around, I had a picture up of the four of us. And I started crying on stage because it was like, that was just so real. I'm just looking at it going, now I look back to my notes and I'm like, no clue where I was. And those moments that you think are a massive mistake and embarrassment because you forget your talk, that's your human side. That's actually what connects you to the audience. And I remember finishing that talk and wanting to go hide, literally wanting to go hide and having so many other people come up to me and say oh my god that that like that's my life you just shared my life and i've never told anyone and it really started to hit me and i also remember at the end of that talk my husband saying to me now i understand what you're doing you need to keep going and it was it This is a piece of it, right? That he's always been very encouraging, but he never saw the vision the way that I saw it. And how could he? Because the vision came to me. And so be really mindful what you let stop you. Because even he was like, I I don't know about this. This is actually kind of putting ourselves out there. I don't know about this. And when I finished, he was like, no, you have to keep going. And I knew it. And so those talks, they like, it continued to grow, And podcasts during that time and YouTube videos were a safe space for me to learn and grow and be able to go, okay, what am I learning about myself here? Like, how can I share a story? How can I start to normalize this conversation? And I think taking it back to something I said earlier that was really important was this piece that we didn't fit the mold or the stereotype of what you thought somebody Who looked like, who was living our life looked like we didn't at all. And that was all the more reason to talk about it. It was all the more reason to share it because this, we've got to break molds. We have to break these stereotypes. We really do. We have to break the mold so that we recognize this problem is affecting, impacting families everywhere. And so that's how it really started to grow. When I decided to write my solo book in 2016, and I started, I had taken my coaching certification, my very first coaching certification, because I'm like, I'm going to coach people with this. I'm still working full time. And one of my partners in that weekend, you were assigned a partner in that weekend and it was Mohegan. And I'll tell you something, if you do not know Mohegan, you can follow her online. She has worked for Good Life for probably majority of her lifetime. She was exactly who I needed as a partner in that moment. Like She was incredible incredibly. Oh, I'm beyond grateful for that weekend and that experience because I started to build belief, right? I started to build this belief in myself. Yes, our beliefs are dictating what we're doing, what we're saying, how we're creating, how we show up. But there are times in our life we have to borrow that belief from somebody else until we have it ourselves. And she was one of those instrumental people in my life, hundred percent down. So then she started to connect me with people for publishing. And I had already reached out to a number of people. Think, I'm like, I'm going to write my own book. I'm going to actually like speak on bigger stages. I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to write my own book. I started to get all this inspiration. And every publisher I met with for self-publishing wanted to glorify the story. They wanted to like blow it up. And like, it was just the the gory details. And everything in me was like, mm, no, this is not right. This is not what I want to do. It's not who I am and it's not what my mission is. And so it took time. Mo introduced me to Suzanne, who immediately was like, I know what you want to do with this and I can get behind it and we can do this. And that's where, when she stopped asking why, it was released in 2017. But as we were getting ready to release it, here I am writing a, I should probably do an episode on the solo book, but I was writing my book in a lot of isolation time because so many people didn't understand what I was doing, didn't agree with it, couldn't get behind it. And our life was literally falling apart this time. And so it's like, okay, let's just put our head down and write the book. Still feeling like we have to normalize these difficult experiences and how we're all walking through them. And I had this download one day of like, you need to start a podcast. And (laughs) here I am going to write a book That no one thinks is a good idea. And I have a download to start a podcast in 2017. And I remember telling a few people, and of course, it was like, What do you even know about a podcast? And I'm like, Nothing, (laughs) like absolutely nothing, except I listen to them and I like them. And they're a great free resource for material, for learning. Like, I mean, when you're really on this growth learning curve and I couldn't afford to invest in anything at that point in time. So podcasts and YouTube videos, Tony Robbins, that was it. My books, podcasts, and videos. That's what I was learning. And I thought it'd be great to have some free resources to be able to give people. And so when I sat with what's the name going to be, it was, it was actually really easy. Like, own your choices, own your life. Because the word choice was instrumental for me to make changes in my own life. When I realized and recognized that I was taking full ownership for every choice that was outside of myself and not owning any of my own choices, it was like, that's got to change. That is literally going to change. That's where it has to start. So I you know, start to tell people I'm going to start a podcast. They think that's ridiculous. I start to do some like learning and deep dive in YouTube, what's it look like? I still don't really understand half the language. And everything I look and research is like, my title's too long. You can't do that. And I'm like, mm, I like it. I mean, the same as they tried really hard to convince me that when she stopped asking why it was way too long of a title for a book. And I was like, nope, that's what it is. And if I know, I know, and I'm going to follow through on it. So Own Your Choices, on Your Life is where it started. And I actually started, I went back and looked. And the first episode was in July of 2017, my book released in November of 2017. And when I look at that, I didn't notice doing a little recorded on my phone. No joke, no mic, no nothing, no ring light, no, like nothing. I actually found the original first episode, the video of it and shared it recently because I'm proud of that. Like I'm proud of that. And actually some of the words I said in that very first episode, I'm still saying now. So that's a good time. And that's where it started. And so I wanted to create a space for people to be able to share difficult stories. Of course, I knew nothing about podcasts. So I literally was like, hey, who wants to be a guest? And then I ended up with all kinds of guests that weren't even related to the show because I didn't know. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, I've got to actually start to curate these guests a little bit and find people whose stories can match this. And that's hard. Probably one of the hardest things about being a host is saying no to people because I get pitched all the time like literally all the time. I sat down the other day and we had like 22 pitches in one week. And in one week, I have like 52 guest interviews a year. And I sat there and I was like, okay, working through this. And it's hard to say no. And, but it's really important. If you're listening, you have a podcast, your guests need to match the brand of what your story and your show is about. So taking it back. I released this podcast. I started, I was like, so proud. I'm getting ready. I'm getting like, now I'm talking about the book. I'm giving the book life. I'm like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I think this is a piece that's really important to share is I didn't have, um, how do I say this? I was in a space of prepping myself, talking about vulnerability. I shared a ton of vulnerable things in my book. But when my book released and it went out there, like it hit news stations, it hit radio stations, it hit, that was all organic, hundred percent organic. It hit six time bestseller, different categories. My face was on the cover. That's another big story that i all have to share. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even know how to show up right now. And That is a vulnerability hangover, but B, what it is to be really brutally honest with you is as a person who had hidden shame for so long, putting myself out there and receiving that much support, I hadn't allowed myself to receive a whole lot. And so this piece of like receiving was like, no, that's uncomfortable. Get that away. I don't want that. I, I don't need that. I'm a strong person. I do life on my own. And I had to stop interviewing for a while because I just, I shut down. I literally shut down. I probably shut down for a couple of months, which is crazy because even then when people said, oh my God, you have a book, what's your book about? And I'm like, ah, it's a story about a mom. It's a story about a mom and what she walked through. Yeah, not proud of that, but just being real with you, it took me time to announce what it was about. We have to grow into those versions. They don't just happen. They don't just happen. Even if you're an incredibly strong, resilient, stubborn person, they don't just happen. You have to grow into that version. And so it took a long time. I think I probably started back in 2018 and was in a space of saying, okay, let's start this. Do I want to do this? And it was like, I do. I do. I love it. I did love it then. And so I started again. And it was a pace of like, maybe getting a couple episodes a month, maybe doing this, maybe like, it was just very scattered because I didn't understand the role of the podcast and what it could do. And probably until about late 2018, and I had started to get more speaking engagements and it was like, okay, let's get this podcast consistently going. And I did, and it was probably one episode a week, literally. 2019, maybe two episodes a week consistently getting one interview, one solo. I started to really branch out into solos and it was this, this piece of like, let the show grow, let it go. And so in 2019, we actually lost our, a, a number of episodes because of the platform that we were with and I knew we had to change. So we changed to a new platform. I think probably around the episode, I don't even know. I have no idea. So I'm going to quote it. Um, but we changed to a different platform and we didn't actually have stats on the show until 2020. And so in 2020, we had for the whole year, we had 10,000 downloads, really freaking proud of that. Like really proud of that. Cause it's like, I learned how to celebrate all, like all the steps and celebrate that. Yes, this is like, we are reaching people and being proud of every single download In a time like this, it's really easy to say, I don't have as much as she does, so I'm not doing a good job. No, celebrate every single one because it's a human. It's a person who is listening to your show. And podcasting is a long game. And so it continued to grow. And in 2021, we had, I think, 56,000 downloads. And in 2022, we had, I think it was 113,000 downloads. And so it's grown. Like we're just shy of 235,000 downloads right now. And it's not the number, but I just want to share with you this piece, like let it grow and let it expand. It's it's never going to start until you have the messy starts. Like it's just never going to start. It's never, it's never going to grow if you don't give it a chance to start. There's a catalyst that's there. And it's asking you to say, pay attention to this vision. If you feel like podcasting is for you, is it too late to start? No, I don't have the numbers in front of me. It should have done that. But I believe that there's over 3 million podcasts that 3 to 4 million that have been started. And I think that there's only about three to 400,000 that are consistent, are consistent. And in the last year, we've moved up into that top 2% globally of those numbers. And that's by downloads and listens, not just downloads. And it's growing. It's growing. We're right on the cusp of moving again. I just know it. But you have to give it a chance to grow. You have to give it a chance to expand. You have to be in a space of saying, I'm okay with starting and not having a clue what I'm doing. I'm okay with starting. There's so much more information out on YouTube right now to share with you about how to start a podcast. There are people who help you with starting a podcast. My podcast manager and friend does an incredible job with helping people with podcasting. Sue, you're amazing. And there's lots of people. So don't let lack of knowledge be your reason why you don't start. That's an excuse and you know it. Like it's not, it's really not serving you, not serving the people you're meant to support and serve. Podcasting has brought some of the most incredible humans into my life. And people say, well, do you make money from it? No, I don't. If you want to go dollar for dollar and I check in with myself regularly saying, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep doing this? And the answer is yes. What it is doing now though, the reach that it is giving me to connect with people, as we are in this space right now, that you know, I've launched a coaching certification called Outspoken. That word in itself, I mean, I've talked about it. It's very powerful and personal for me, but outspoken to support people in becoming an NLP practitioner, as well as write your damn book, Mastermind, where I'm supporting authors in writing their books. Now we're into publishing, we're bringing people into publish. The reason that I share this with you is the referrals that I'm getting now are coming from podcast hosts where I have been on their show, they have been on my show, and they're like, hey, you're the one I've thought of when it comes to this. It's building a network, a global network that I wouldn't have had access to otherwise. I just wouldn't, there's no way. And when you think about social media posts, you put them out there and they live for like a, I don't know, a day maybe. And then they're gone. Podcasts live. I get messages from people saying, oh my God, I listened to this one. I'm like, which one's that? It's like 200 something. And it's like 400 episodes ago. And people can drop in and choose different ones. Your content will live on. It's a beautiful, beautiful modality that I cannot speak enough about. And I'm really, really freaking proud of it. I'm really proud of it. And holding on to this space that this show was going to continue to be a platform part of my business, what I get to do, it will grow to monetize. I have no doubt whatsoever, none. And I continue to anchor in on that belief every single day. I show up, I share, I'm. Freaking consistent, (laughs) really consistent. And I'm not afraid to pivot and change. I'm not afraid to try those things. I think I'm a disruptor. My friend Meg calls me disruptor and I love that. Being in a space of sharing vulnerable stories, the stories that I've got to share on the show, I am so grateful that I get to, I get to. And there are times where I'll share a story that like the story sticks with me. And I'm like, geez, it's just it's heavy, it's big, it's but it's so powerful. And I'll share it with my husband. He's like, I just like, are do, are you okay with talking about stuff like this? Like this is like you're built for this. I am, and I own that, and I'm grateful. And I am so proud that I get to share these stories. So that's the catalyst for own your choices, own your life. That's where this all started. And I had a friend recently say, like she was considering stopping at the end of the year because she's like, look at how far you've come and what you've done. I'm like, yeah, it's been almost six years. How long are you letting, are you trying something out and then deciding it works or doesn't? If you don't want to do it, that's a different story. But if you're quitting because it's not going fast enough, then no, like, no, don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Your story Someone somewhere is praying for the solutions you're holding on to. How you choose to put them out into the world is up to you. It's totally up to you. But the downloads that are coming to you, start the podcast, write the book, build the coaching business, go on a live. They're for you. They're for you. And guess what? They're for you because you're already qualified. Stop trying to tell yourself you're not ready. You're not qualified. You just don't know your next steps. But every single step you're looking for is one connection away, one introduction away, one Google search away. It's all there. It's all there for you. So I am sending you so much love. Thank you for staying for this longer episode, but I really wanted to take it back to explain the catalyst for the show. And I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you're here. You're on this ride with me and this show is gonna continue to grow. So I'm sending you so, so, so much love. I believe in you. Literally take those dreams and go after them because no one's going to do it for you. No one is. It's going to be you and you've got the voice and the message to do it. So I'm cheering you on from here. Have an incredible day. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful until next time. Remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.